This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair for a brand new season with a brand new badge, a new kit and a brand new manager. But sadly, the same old voices around the mics. Uh, Having said that, Stuart Brodkin can't be with us tonight for personal reasons. We didn't invite him. Uh, Birthday boy, a view from a blue Stephen Allwise was due to be on the show. Uh, He heard we weren't going to get him a cake, so he's pulled out. Uh, but loads of other regulars are either away on holiday, too depressed following our latest pre-season defeat, or just couldn't be bothered to turn up. But I have managed to assemble three blues to debate, discuss and explore season 2016-17. So let me introduce firstly the Man City podcast guest voted most popular in a recent Twitter poll, the person most people wanted to hear. No, it wasn't Graham Reed. it wasn't Paul Denby. It wasn't even Gary Owen. It was our very own Lisa Rabinowitz. Lisa, welcome. A lot of friends in Twitterland then. Oh, millions. So very popular Translates choice. Translates to three, a few hundred, I think. Yeah, at least. At least. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, uh, no one voted for my next two guests, but they were available. Um, next is the only man to appear on the show with letters after his name. So Rob Barron, CTID. Welcome to you, sir. Good evening. Nice to be here. And last and definitely least, a resident of Salford now and leading sports journalist, Joe Doherty. Do you, have to, do you have to buy your own notepad or do they kind of give you that free as part of the course? I found an old one in my room. Well done. Uh, so, lady and gents, first question, how positive do we feel about this season? Five days to go before the start of the season. How positive do we feel, Joe? On a scale of one to ten, I would say about seven. I think that going forward, we are... A- we are pressing a lot more than we did at points last season. I feel like with the current manager, if we were playing badly, he'd let them know in a way that maybe our last one didn't so much. Uh, we're losing points because I feel that... I trust Pep Guardiola to make the right decisions, but come on, Kolarov at centre-back, really? I know he wants a ball-playing centre-back, but we've got Denier and we've got Adora Biayo or Tosin in this squad. They've both had cracking pre-seasons. 
But what was Kolarov doing in this? What's he still doing there? That's that's well, it's holding a te- back. He's waiting for Stones, isn't he? It's a temp- it's a temporary arrangement until Stones arrives, presumably. Well, I hope so because I don't want Kolarov ever in a blue shirt again. That's that's what's worrying me is we haven't sold the, the Deadwood. So perfect point to go to Lisa Rabinowitz. Um, seven out of ten from Joe. You you can you better that or are you slightly more pessimistic? I'm not as pessimistic as you might think I would be. Um, I, I tend to agree. <laughs> I tend to agree with. I think we already look like we've got an idea of what we're actually doing on the pitch as opposed to last season when we didn't look like there was a plan at all. Um, But the defence still really concerns me. And, yes, you all know how much I love Kolarov, but if you have to play him, play him at left-back. Don't play him at centre-back. I just don't... I can't can't understand what he's doing there. I, I don't know whether it's trying to prove a point that he can't defend at all or that he's... That's his option. I don't know what the point is, to be honest. I when there are when you do have Adaribi, Yo Yo and Danea there, play them. Seven out of ten with Joe, you're sticking with seven? Six. Six, seven. Give us a mark first. I'm gonna go much higher. I, I think this is very exciting. I think this is a real revolution. I think we're seeing not subtle changes to a team. This is not incremental development. This is a wholesale uh, rebranding of how to play football. And only someone like Pep Guardiola could do it. And I think that the issue is not about the individual players and where they play. It's about him assembling a group of players who are competent enough to play his type of football. And we haven't seen that for a very long time and it could be rough to start off with because the team obviously on the basis of Saturday is not ready and the players that we want are not all there but my goodness it's going to be exciting but but Rob if I just come straight back to you you know if we if we have a back four with an average age of what 48 or something uh two of whom don't play in the back four uh that that that's not a recipe for an exciting new brand of football surely You've got, we talk in the past of teams who build from the back. You know, they, 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 they win games, they win championships because they've got a fantastic back four. And we don't even know who our back four is. Well, I, I have uh, not blind trust, but I have trust that uh, Guardiola is not a fool, that he knows what he's doing. And what he's saying is it's, it's the method that comes first. And you could see that on Saturday, that... There was a difference in approach to how to take the ball from the, the back to the front and how the goalkeepers were distribu- distributing the, the ball from a goal kick. It doesn't matter who plays in that position, they know what they have to do. And that may be painful because we saw uh, Tozin make, make some bad mistakes and Caballero made mistakes because he was being forced to play in a different way. Well, that's excellent. Excellent, says Rob. Yeah, I... I... I actually agree to a certain extent. I think that it, uh, my six out of six or seven out of ten was more about the fact I don't think we should expect too much from the season because I think it is going to take time, and I am willing to let it take time if it looks like it's going somewhere. I still don't get the collar off thing at all, but um, I, I I think that it is good to see an actual plan and an actual way, a style of playing. However. I'm not sure how prepared Guardiola is for the number of teams who are going to come to the Etihad and put 10 men behind the ball. 
because I think that will be very interesting to see what he because he needs he needs to appreciate that it might not be as, um, as simple as just imposing his style on on it all the time and there needs to be a bit of room for maneuver sometimes. There's been a lot of emphasis on on the back four, certainly pre-season, and, and with Stones, who is coming, isn't coming. You know, are, are they holding out for more money, you know, etc. Uh, are you of the view that Stones is probably going to be a City player sh- shortly? Is that is that in your mind? I think that's very likely. I think that he's said that he wants to move, and I believe at the moment it's just a case of Everton want to make sure they've signed this replacement. Ashley Williams, Scott Dan, a couple of players' names been banded around. I think it's very likely that one of those will be at Everton and that Stones will be a City player, hopefully come the Sunderland game, because we need him there with the injuries we've got. But going back to the back four, uh, whilst I agree about Kolarov, and obviously I think that's a catastrophe, in terms of maybe the Fernandos, the Delfts, the Fernandinhos, this world-playing centre-back, what we've got to remember is that Pep Guardiola turned Javier Mascherano from a good holding midfielder to one of the best centre-backs in European football. So I don't have a problem with him playing one of the midfielders at centre-back. What about the goalkeeper? Because we talk about you know, his desire to have sort of footballing goalkeepers. Um, you know, one can argue that actually goalkeepers are, are there to sort of stop the ball and, and save the ball. But actually there's been so much emphasis on being able to play the ball out. And, and, and as Rob and I think Lisa have both said, we've seen evidence pre-season uh, of our goalkeepers, certainly Willie, who we've probably seen more of than Joe, doing exactly that. And actually being, you can see that they've been briefed and, and that coach to, to make sure that they're, they're playing it to feet, not just booting it out down the field. I don't think Hart will be with us this time next year. I think he's probably going to go. I think that we've been linked with to Stegen at uh, Barcelona. I think he will be our keeper this time next year. I think Hart will stay for one more year, but don't be surprised if Caballero starts in goal on Saturday against um, Sunderland because Guardiola has such an emphasis of the ball playing all over the pitch. And I think we've always said that Caballero's distribution... I mean, I know it took until the cup final last year for us to really... You know, have a cult following for Caballero, but there was never any doubt that he was the better passer of the ball and distributor of the ball, and that that was always Joe Hart's weakness. But he's not as good a stopper as he is, Joe. No, but th- there's something I feel is not right between uh, Guardiola and Joe Hart, and I've, I just I have no evidence for it. But the the body language isn't isn't right. I, I was in Portugal, and and the Portuguese papers were full of. City going after uh, Patricio, the, the national goalkeeper. So I think he's, he's clearly looking for somebody. But without being psychophantic, I, go, I, I, I note what Guardiola says, which is that you start defending from the front players. And we shouldn't overemphasize the back four. Clearly there's an issue there about to res- how to resource it. But it's about... The, what happens to City without the ball, which was a big failure last season. And you can see that Guardiola is trying to address that straight away and the players have, have, have responded to that. And it was excellent to see Nasri excluded from the squad because he was overweight. I mean, that shows real conviction by the manager and seriousness. So who stood out for you pre-season then? I mean, we, we had probably a 23-minute 
sort of good spell. I don't know if you saw the Arsenal game uh, at the weekend, but we had a, about a 23-minute decent spell sort of halfway through the second half where I felt, you know, we did press and, and, and there was a huge amount of effort going in and I thought players were putting themselves about. Sort of uh, any thoughts on who, who particularly impressed you sort of pre-season? Not just the Arsenal game, but the, the other games as well. I think that Fabian Delph, he's really come out of his skin. He looks like he really wants to prove a point, prove that he's not you know, the squad player that we bought to put on the bench, that he needs to be a part of Guardiola's plans. Of course, since we've signed Gundogan as well, he's really got to work hard. I think Fernandinho has been good as ever, but, I mean, we're not expecting anything more or anything less, sorry. Um, I was very impressed with Sterling against Arsenal. He looked a lot more confident. His cross for Aguero's goal, I don't think I've ever seen him put a ball in like that for City. And in terms of the younger players, I've been very impressed with Angelino and Maffeo at full-back. And obviously we're not too keen on one of our left-backs. And obviously Zabaleta and Sanya, wrong side of 30. I think the future's bright in those two positions. Any other thoughts, Rob, sort of pre-season? Can you imagine how much Sterling's haircut cost? Um, I mean, you know, it must have cost more than I earn in several weeks. Uh, But he did have an excellent game on... Uh, yesterday, and it looked like he was more confident than I've seen him for months, and I think that is uh, extremely encouraging. I think he played him on the right as well, didn't he? Indeed. So think, is, is that the difference, or do you think it's just new manager, new confidence? Uh, you know, he, he certainly looked a different player, that's for sure. I, we, I wasn't going to mention the Euros, or uh, I've just mentioned it, but uh, let's not talk about the Euros. Let's talk about sort of Arsenal and, uh, and Sterling's performance. Well, I'll quickly mention it. He probably would have benefited from not going to the Euros, but anyway, he was there. Um, he looked so much better, and I do think it. I, I think it probably is entirely down to a new manager. I, I just, I, I feel that everything, like excluding Nazri and all these things that are coming out about him not wanting them to eat pizza and fizzy, uh, that's the kind of thing I actually want to hear. Mm. Like he's got control, and he's laying down some laws. And unfortunately, some of these players, that's what they need. They shouldn't, but they do, and. We need a manager to do that. And Delph, I thought, was excellent against Arsenal. And it was, it was just really good to see the overall attitude of a lot of the players actually wanting to play, run after the ball, and, and just try hard, which I think was missing so much. Like the effort just wasn't there last season. Even Torre seems to be making more of an effort. Yeah. So, um, Chance would be a fine thing. <laughs> Can we talk about some of the new recruits then? I think it's, so we've, we've had a few. Uh, I, as we've all said, we reckon there might be still a few more to come. You've mentioned one already um, uh, from Borussia Dortmund. Uh, young, and it would be interesting to know how you spell it, Joe, you being our linguist here as well as our in-house journalist. So uh, you, you pronounced it how? Uh, Gundawan. Without the second G is not pronounced, does yeah, I understand? Is that it? like Erdogan? Yeah, yeah, exactly like Erdogan. Exactly. It's, you know, it's, he's, so he's, he's come with Turkish. a broken leg. Come with a broken leg, I believe, which is never a great start. Well, so I don't think. I don't think the said broken leg is necessarily the worst thing. We wouldn't have got him so cheaply were he not a bit that way. A bit broken, yeah. And plus, he's only going. He's he'll be in terms of city. He's only going to be out for a couple more weeks. I think he's supposed to be back next month. If he can stay injury free, that is an absolute bargain. You look at our neighbours spending all that money on their star central midfielder. If we've got ours for that, for so much less money than that, almost like less than a fifth of that, then you're laughing. He's a cracking player and he'll do very well for us. And do you think he'll be a regular starter when he's fit, sort of that sort of holding midfield role? I think that's uh, instead of Fernando? Oh, instead of Fernando, yes, definitely. He's his replacement, is he? Is that kind yeah, of where I we see him so. slotting in? Yeah. 
what about uh, Nolito then? Who wants to sort of kick off with Nolito? You're, you're our international expert, I know, Joe, but maybe the others have got a view. Sort of, uh... I thought that Nolito reminded me of Negredo without pace yesterday, um, <laughs> which was a bit worrying. But uh, he did play well in the European Championships and he, he understands what Guardiola wants and I think he probably will be a good addition to, to the team. I don't see Nolito as the answer to anything. I just see him as a very good squad player to have. He'll start some games. He'll come on and he'll come off the bench in certain games. I think, I think if anything, the best thing about Nolito is he will, in, almost in both sides of a coin, have a positive effect on Sterling. Because on one hand, he will keep him on his feet. He's got more competition than he had last season. Equally, if Sterling's not playing well, he can take the pressure off him somewhat and take that position give Sterling a few weeks off. So I think on, almost on both sides of the argument, that's a very good signing. In terms of what he personally brings to the team, I think there'll be a more directness. I think he presses more. I agree with you, Rob. He played very well at the Euros. But equally, I don't see him as a standout signing of the season who's going to score 30 goals and single-handedly drag us to the quadruple or anything. So is Leroy Sané the, the, the sort of standout buy of the, uh, of the summer? He's definitely the one with the most exciting potential. Um, but, I don't, I mean, is he injured? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, seems to be a thing by an injured player. Um, <laughs> no, but I think he... I, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that all the... I don't think that these, all these players, we can necessarily expect them to change everything for us straight away, but um, Nolito is definitely a, a, a good squad addition to the squad. Sane is very good a very exciting prospect and someone I can see making a real difference over the coming years, maybe not straight away, but happy to be wrong about that. And one Jesus isn't enough for any side, is it? We, we need two. So, uh, Gabrielle. Look, this is so exciting because uh, City are buying players not for this year, they're buying players for the next five years. They've got somebody who is thinking ahead about how he's going to uh, reconstruct a team. And, uh, you know, the critics say that uh, Jesus is, is a thrilling player, uh, as is Sane. So, you know, it's just bring them on and, and uh, let's see what happens. I'm optimistic about Gabriel Jesus because, as opposed to a lot of other young players that have been hyped a lot, the, a lot of Bra- in Brazil they're very excited about him because they... And they haven't been this excited about a young player since Neymar, so I'm optimistic about that one. And uh, Zinchenko? Oh, I like Zinchenko. I, I, he, I think he's very neat touch. He looks very composed. And let's be honest, in terms of players to learn from in that sort of position, you can't get much better than Silva and De Bruyne. So what's still missing then? So, so th- I've, I've not mentioned the guys who've gone out to loan to, you know, Huddersfield Town and so on, and, and Melbourne City and where all the rest of it. I'm trying to stick to the, to the big signings, but uh, we've had a couple of others as well who we may come on to in, in future weeks. But what do we think still missing? We mentioned Stones. Are there other gaps? We've probably mentioned a keeper as well. Other gaps then in the squad before we sort of go forward and start talking about sort of the, the upcoming sort of fixture this weekend? I think it depends how much he wants to use um, someone like Angelino as opposed to my friend Kolarov. Um, I would prefer to see that. If he's not going to bring in... If he's not going to buy a left-back, I would prefer to see him using the, a youngster more. 
Um, and if that isn't the case, then he, then he needs to buy one. And same at right back, I would say. The same so right you're back. saying we, we, we still need a left back, a right back, and a centre back in stones as well. You're saying those, we're, we're literally looking for if three more. If you want me to prioritise, I would say left back, centre back, right back. So, yeah. like, right back is my, uh, my, my least concerning. Good to, see, Zab- good to see Zabba leading the team out, wasn't and it? Good and good he's to see that he's staying. He's staying committed. Yeah, very happy about yeah, that. That's yeah. good, good news. Um, yeah, but goalkeeper, I, I do think we'll, we'll see a change. You say what's missing. I mean, the interesting thing is the spine of the team is still unclear. Now, Mourinho can say uh, he's, he's created his spine, he knows what uh, the centre of his team is, and that's fair enough. Although I hear Mourinho accusing people of not having ethics when they criticise Pogba's <laughs> transport. What does Mourinho know about ethics? As far as he's concerned, it's next to Sussex. You know, he, he, he's got a, an absolute cheek to even use the word because he is ethic-less, uh, as far as that's concerned. Now, it, it may be that uh, Guardiola is a different type of manager where, where the spine is not uh, as critical... But my sense is that he, he realises that he, he wants to renew it, but he hasn't done it yet, and it may change in the next few days. But it, it is a concern. You know, Mangala, uh, that situation has to be sorted out, and the, the two central defenders have to carry the confidence of the team, and, and they don't at the moment. It's not just about Kolarov or... Or, or anyone, it's the existing uh, players, and, and what does the manager do about that? Any more gaps for you, Joe, to fill before we kick off? Uh, not really. I agree with um, what's been said so far. It's, it's only gaps in the back four. I'm, I'm very happy with our midfield. I think, especially as Delph seems to be surprising me, and he seems to be the extra midfielder, because I, I put him down as, is he really going to survive the wrath of Guardiola? And up front, I mean... Okay, I still think we probably need to get rid of Bonnie, but even if we were to do that, I don't think that we'd urgently need to go out and buy another striker. I think it probably should, but we've got Aguero, we've got Iheanacho, Nolito can play there, you know, and, and the whole point of Guardiola is he teaches players to adapt. Like Messi was a good winger when Guardiola took over, and now he's one of the. I know we've not got anyone as good as him, but now he's one of the, now he's the best striker in the world. So. He can change players, he can move them around. And You remember last season when we'd have games where we'd have to resort to Sterling or De Bruyne up front and Pellegrini just put them there and quite clearly didn't have a clue how to train them, how to do it. I could see Guardiola being a lot better at training players into adjusting their positions more. And Lisa, in terms of the season ahead, sort of hopes and fears, what are your, what are your hopes, first of all, in terms of Manchester City in this upcoming season? I hope that we can see progress i hope that we can see some positive moves in the right direction but my fear is that people are going to be expecting too much too soon and i and it's not going to be a popular thing to say but i think we might not finish in the top four mm. but that would be because we are a very exciting work in progress and we Obviously, we might. There is, there is nothing to say what's going to happen to any team. Last season was enough to prove what can happen in the Premier League. But um, I, just, I just hope we see moving, movement in the right direction and that everyone gives 
Guardiola time and give the players time because I think actually that is probably more important than giving Guardiola. I think people will give Guardiola time, but we can't be booing our own players. And in a way, I get the impression that you'd rather have that. Let's finish outside the top four. Let's develop an amazingly exciting squad that knows how to play, that, that you know, plays the sort of football that excites us, that is work in progress, that means in you know, two or three seasons' time, we're going to dominate again. Is that kind of what you're saying? And, and you'd be happy with that? Because some people would argue, finish outside the top four, don't win a domestic trophy, and he's out. I can't see that happening. I, I'm not saying I would prefer that, but if that were to happen, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't feel devastated by it as long as things seem to be going in the right direction. I think I would have been absolutely distraught if we hadn't managed to creep into fourth place last season, even though I didn't think we deserved it. But this time, I think people just have to. This, we're going to have to be patient. Patience is a virtue. Absolutely, this is a key strategic decision to bring Guardiola in. This is uh, a sign of a thinking leadership of, of the, the project. And it's put your seatbelts on time and your crash helmets because every commentator in the country is waiting for Guardiola to have a bad start, to fail, to get kicked out of the Champions League. And it's possible that that could happen. I hope it doesn't. Uh, but Guardiola is a winner and we have to stick with him and however long it takes... It's ultimately going to be uh, exciting. Well, it's already exciting, and it's also going to be successful. Do you argue with these two, or are you kind of uh, in full agreement here, Joe? I am in full agreement, and almost in a way, I would rather we were to, say, finish third next season and show a good amount of progress, we're pressing the ball high, we're working hard, than almost... I mean, I say this now, I I probably wouldn't think at the time. I'd almost rather that than we were to finish first, but we were the best of a bad bunch and we were still very poor, but we only got it because Chelsea and United were in transition and Arsenal were Arsenal, you know? (laughs) You'd almost... I would like to... I agree, I'd like to just make progress. I'd, I'd almost take a bit like what Liverpool did last season and are showing signs of at the start of this season where... There is some real... I mean, the, when Liverpool battered us in both games last year, for example, you could tell a real difference and such an upgrade in the manager. I'd like a few performances like that, perhaps. And if that happened, I wouldn't mind it if occasionally we came unstuck a bit, as long as it felt like we were making progress and that the players cared. Because that was my big pet hate last year, was there were so many games where the players deserved to be booed off. So let's talk about the sort of the first couple of games coming up then. So, <clears throat> excuse me, the, uh, the Champions League playoff round. Uh, Stour Bucharest, of course. Win uh, that. Happy with that draw? Yes, best draw we could have got. It's a decent draw, but who knows? <laughs> it's City. Uh, I rephrase, we should win that. We should. The key task was to avoid playing Roma. So we've done that. It's uh, better to play at home second, despite all the clever people who want it the other way around. And uh, it will be difficult because the team is not cooked yet, but they've got a good opportunity. Um, before we talk about the game at the weekend, uh, I just want to sort of introduce one other thing. A bit, bit left field, I know, but uh, Stan Bowles, who, a Manchester lad, uh, who I think probably I'm the only one... Uh, as well as Rob, who saw him play. I suspect that Lisa and Joe are far too young to even see the great Stan Bowles play. Quite possibly. Uh, but our friends at QPR, and we like QPR for all the reasons everybody will remember, uh, were keen for us to get involved in signing a petition to get a QPR to have a benefit for the great Stan. And I think he's 
because he didn't do 10 years or something at QPR, he didn't quite make it. He only did seven or eight seasons or something. So there's a massive petition going on. I've signed it, and I encourage all our listeners to as well. Um, you, you would remember Stan, I suppose, don't you, Rob? I do remember him. He, he was the poor man's Rodney Marsh. He, he, he was a young, uh, thrilling player with such skill and imagination and absolutely no discipline uh, who fell out with Malcolm Allison and got chucked out of City and uh, went astray and then was reclaimed to, to go and play uh, great games for Queen's Park Rangers and sadly his health has deteriorated and he's in a very bad way uh, so he is a good thing we should support the petition I mean I think the idea of footballers having benefits is a nonsense now but in this case there is a good cause and we should campaign for it and uh, if you want to get involved on Twitter it's at Stan Benefit uh, so give them a follow uh, and we wish Stan all the best from, from the Man City show. Um, so finally, let's sort of move towards our first fixture of the season, uh, which we know is uh, something of a bogey side over, over, over recent seasons, with, with a new manager, I believe. Uh, we're playing uh, Sunderland, uh, the 5.30 kick-off on, uh, on Saturday afternoon. So uh, how do you feel about this one then, Lisa, going to our new season to have the, uh, the Black Cats of Sunderland? Well, I think the atmosphere in the city is going to be incredible with Guardiola's first game and all the new signings paraded in front of us, I'm sure. So I'm sure Sunderland will be dreading coming to play us more than anything. And I think we've just got to hope that that's enough to get us through. Um, I mean, Moyes, when he was at Everton, they were a real bogey team. So it should be very interesting to see how he deals with Sunderland. But I think he'll do a good job there. But we should win. Looking forward to it, Rob? Uh, extremely uh, excited about it. When Sam Allardyce was appointed manager of England, he was asked why, and he said he didn't want to play Guardiola in his first game. <laughs> I, th- I think that's good. But this is a test of Lisa's uh, question about people, sides putting ten men uh, behind the ball, because that's what uh, Sunderland will do with their their new manager and hopefully we have the wit and the skill and the invention and the support very important to uh to come through so it'd be uh thrilling to watch i hope final word from you joe sunderland i think that's a good start it's not a team that's necessarily in a i'd rather have someone like sunderland than say burnley who've come up with a point to prove or hull i think it's a good start it's a team we should beat I, th- I think we'll win this one reasonably comfortably I think our only struggle will be breaking them down I mean we've got we've got some pretty tough fixtures afterwards we've got a trip to Stoke we've got West Ham and we've got the scum away so you know you've got to be looking at at least 10 points from those games though if you really want to contend but I wouldn't be surprised if we came out of it with something like six or seven though well, we look forward to talking about all of those fixtures over the coming weeks. Uh, huge thanks to my three guests. That's Lisa Rubinowitz, Rob Behrens and Joe Doherty. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.